want to talk to you a little bit about American Financing, uh, who is helping pay for uh, this uh, very expensive uh, program. We want to thank American Financing for uh, being a sponsor for a very long time. Uh, they tried to be a sponsor about two years before I allowed them on the air because I didn't believe in mortgage companies at all because I thought they were all the same. Then the banking collapse happened and American financing wasn't affected because this is a home run family owned business. You gave him a challenge. You said basically, yeah, we'll put you on after you call me back in a couple of years after things uh, turn yeah. down. When they, and when, they, when the they banking did. collapse happens, you tell me how you're done. <laughs> yeah. And they did. They and actually they did. called back and said, we're doing pretty well. And that is exactly why they are a sponsor. They, they listen to you. They work for you. They're not jamming you into something. Call them now. 800-906-2440. Americanfinancing.net. These people work for you. AmericanFinancing.net. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck Program. Well, hello, America. There's a lot on our plate today. We have Daniel Hannon coming up in just a few minutes. Daniel Hannon is a, uh, a member of uh, the European Union. Not a happy member, probably the best member of the European Union. Uh, there was the Brexit vote yesterday. It did not go well for Theresa May. They're they're really kind of deciding whether or not she's even going to be the prime minister here soon. Um, I think this was kind of a setup for her. It was all in the cards. Um, but now what happens? Now what happens? The diehard anti-Semitic socialist is the one who's pushing, it looks like, to be the next prime minister. They've got a government kind of in shutdown now, not listening to the people. We have the same thing. We also have in Russia a homosexual genocide. It's happening in Chechnya. We have a member of the LGBT um, uh, community, if you will, the, the network in Russia. We can't even say their name on the air, release, release their identity, because they are afraid of being scooped up, tortured, and killed in, in Russia now. It's very bad. Are you hearing this from anybody on the left? Why not? Oh, and one more thing. The Democratic Party has quit the Women's March after an explosive segment about Louis Farrakhan on The View. Really? That's why they quit. No, that's not why they quit. I'll tell you why as we begin the show in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So uh, both my daughters have been in uh, the hospital for the last uh, for the last week, really. Um, Cheyenne went into the hospital on on uh, Saturday and she had uh, pain and their uh, Still trying to figure it out. What's weird is she was on morphine. Now, she's 12. She, they put her on morphine. I could not tell the difference between my daughter on morphine and my daughter off morphine. Is that a problem? She is always goofy and silly. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, you're going to give her the morphine? She's like, oh, no, she's flying on morphine. You can't tell. And I'm like, no, she's always like this. Uh, anyway, um, uh, you know. Morphine's fun uh, until you're, you know, uh, dying from it. Uh, we have such a bad opioid crisis in America. You are more likely to die from an opioid overdose in America than a car crash. Think of that. We have safety belts. We have airbags. 
What are we doing for the opioid crisis? You're more likely to die from a, an overdose of opioids than a car crash. You want that to be your last resort. Right? Oh, I mean, it, it, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're in pain, I understand. Um, uh, I've got the pain thing down, and I know you do too. Relief factor has taken my pain and made my life livable. That's saying something. I mean, I just, I told you, Stu, just the other day, I, 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 I think I wrote my last handwritten letter um, this last week. You love that, too. That's, uh, I love that. I usually make fun of you because it's, it's hard to write and it's easier to type. <laughs> I but love that you handwriting. like the old school. Yes, I love paper. I mean, I'm, I'm walking yeah. around the building all the time. Can somebody find a paper <laughs> or a pen for me, please? There's no paper anywhere. Uh, and I love that. And, uh, I was writing some things, uh, recently and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't even pick up a pen without relief factor. So please try it. If you're in pain, try it. 100% drug free created by doctors. Relief factor. Call them now. 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. Alrighty. So let's see. Here's uh, here's the here's the story from places like the Huffington Post. Um, the Democratic National Committee is no longer sponsoring the annual Women March. It's set to play take take place on Saturday in Washington D.C. <clears throat> The Women's March co-presidents, Tamika Mallory and Bob Bland, appeared on The View Monday, where the show's co-host peppered them with questions about the organization. Mallory's relationship with Farrakhan was put on the front burner in a heated segment, where she refused to denounce him and instead called him one of the greatest of all time for what he's done in the black communities. She repeated to refuse to contend uh, to condemn Farrakhan's remarks about Jewish people and others, even though being pressured to do so. Women's March have been under scrutiny for allegations of anti-sexism, sexism, and more. Uh, As pointed out by the Daily Beast, the DNC was listed among the organization's sponsors as recently as Sunday. As of last night, they are no longer listed as a sponsor. Although the DNC official declined to comment on the timing of the sponsorship withdrawal, but said that it stands in solidarity with women. The DNC stands in solidarity with all those fighting for women's rights, holding the Trump administration, Republican lawmakers around the country accountable. Women are on the front lines of fighting back, blah, 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 blah. So here's what really happened. Last year, uh, this was this was out last year. We knew these things were going on. We didn't really know the extent of it. Uh, and we have a kind of a deep dive going into this on uh, it, what, what day is today? It's Wednesday. It's tomorrow. So tomorrow's show. Tomorrow. Um, on the Women's March and the history of it, it when it comes to anti-Semitism, which goes back to literally the formational meeting. Mm-hmm. But when they when they were actually together for the first time discussing the idea of the Women's March, mm-hmm. they were talking about uh, the problems with Jews. That is how deep this goes. The problem with the Jews. This this goes back to my advice that I gave to Republicans uh, back in about 2009. I said, you have to be really careful who you're standing with, because there's going to be a lot of people that you're standing with that will agree with a lot of the stuff you agree with. 
but you're going to disagree with them on some pretty big fundamental issues. Don't be hijacked. So all these women, they were upset about Donald Trump or they were upset about, you know, a Republican victory or whatever it was. Um, Some of them valid reasons. Some of them anti-Semite, anti-white, yada, yada, yada. You all came together. It's it's like. Look at how um, the right has split apart as soon as there's power. The right splits apart. Because it's easier to come together when you're against something. But when you actually have to state you're for something, you got to get down to specifics. And you're like, okay, well, I wait a minute. I'm not for that. And then it starts to, to break apart somewhat. You have to know that you have the same principles. The DNC says they're standing in solidarity with those fighting for women's rights. Well, that's, you should probably get a little more specific. This is what really happened. It had nothing to do with the view. Other sponsors have not returned to this year's march, including the Southern Poverty Law Center. (laughs) When you don't have the Southern Poverty Law, when the Southern Poverty Law Center says, you know what, this group on the left is a little extreme, that's saying something. They don't have Emily's List, the Human Rights Campaign. They don't have NARAL. They don't have the Center for American Progress or Amnesty International standing with them anymore. If you're going to the Women's March this uh, this weekend, you're in a rapidly diminishing circle of people. And you're kind of being left with uh, some radicals. The outlet reported fewer than half of the sponsors in 2018 have returned to support 2019. This thing is over. And it's not like the... uh, tea party the tea party didn't implode this is imploding i mean i it's over if the democratic party is bailing on it it's, it's no over. longer of use it's right the, the the only use of it in the first place it had never I, I shouldn't say it never had anything to do with women's rights because um the first you know the actual founder of not the march but the movement who just did it on facebook right like it wasn't she seems to be someone who she's been saying for a while you got to get these people out of there she bailed out of the entire organization because she knew these people were bad and what they were doing um and they wouldn't denounce louis farrakhan i mean this is this is not a high hurdle to clear here we're not asking you for a really nuanced person to try hey you got to distance yourself from nancy pelosi no, this is right. Louis Farrakhan. This is Louis Farrakhan. And again, it's not just saying, well, I look, I went to an event and he was there. And I'm not going to trash the guy. We were at the same event. This is, I'm calling him the greatest of all time for what he's done in the black community, which is what exactly? Convince them that Jews are bad? What, what exactly is he done? Are bad? What that They should that kill white, white people? White are, whites are the devil? What, 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 are they, what has he done? He's done nothing except except inject poison into an entire community for multiple decades. So this is what's going to happen to the uh, the Democratic Party if they're not careful. Um, the Democratic Party has become so extreme that they are going to chase off all normal people. Now, they've hit it pretty well. These guys have been, you know, behind the scenes for a while. All the people we talked about while we were at Fox, all those people. They've all been hidden. They've all been washed. Even the people that we thought were very dangerous at the time, those people are are not radical enough. 
And those people are on the outs. They are eating their own. And it is becoming a very vicious uh, circle of people. Very vicious. And you're seeing it. And if the Democratic Party is not careful, look at look at what uh, uh, Mayor Cuomo or Governor Cuomo is doing. Right now, the press is talking about how crazy extreme Donald Trump is for saying that he wants law and order and a border wall. Now, we have more people coming from Honduras. I don't know if you heard this. Another caravan is coming up from Honduras now. 800 people in this one. They're saying that they're hoping that the uh, president will change his mind by the time they get here. He's not, guys. He's not going to change his mind. You're not coming into the United States. It's immoral. And whoever is telling you that you're going to be able to get in, they're lying to you. They're lying to you. So they're coming up uh, from uh, Honduras again, yet another caravan. He is he is being called immoral for saying we have to be clear. This is a humanitarian crisis. It'll only get worse. We have to be clear. You're not coming in. And we need a wall to make sure that they understand we're serious about this. That's immoral. But what Governor Cuomo is doing, Governor Cuomo says he will not sign another budget until full abortion rights are passed in New York. Now, that means full abortion rights means you have a right to an abortion for any reason at any time. Up until birth. The, excuse me? How is that not immoral? How is that not? How dare you take the state hostage? You won't pass uh, a budget until you can have a partial birth abortion? Do you realize how out of the uh, on the edge and in space and on the fringe that is? Somebody really doesn't like attending baby showers. I think that's the what? <laughs> does wow. not want to show up. This is crazy. Now, why is he doing this? We'll tell you when we come back. One minute. First, our sponsor. It's uh, twenty three and me. I'm really excited to have uh, 23andMe as a sponsor uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, uh, I'm, I'm, starting, I'm starting my 50-pound challenge. Anybody wants to join me tomorrow? We have to set this up on the air. You can write in. Um, but anybody wants to join me, join me, and I don't know. We'll get, I'll get you. We'll, we'll have some sort of a club. We'll get you T-shirts or so, I don't know. We'll, we'll, have, we'll do something. But join me for this. I want to lose 50 pounds no excuses. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it the four-hour uh, body. That's a Tim Ferriss thing, and I think that's really good. My wife is still in there pitching for something else, and I'm probably going to do. I think I got her down to seven days of doing her thing, um, but we'll see. Anyway, you do it any way you want. Tim Ferriss writes and says that you have to really know your muscle mass. You have to know certain things about your body, and it can get really expensive. 23andMe has that a lot of that covered. Um, and you can go in and do a DNA test, and it'll tell you about your health. It'll tell you all the things that you need to know, including muscle mass, that will help you remain healthy. Um, it also, as an extra added benefit, also um, helps you with ancestry, which... Uh, there is something that I am going to do. You ready for this one? Hmm. 
So one of the things that they've just added is they'll tell you who people are that you could reach out that you're related to. And you can reach out to them and say, hey, I'm related to you. And I want to do that. And I want to get their cold (laughs) reaction of, hey, I'm your relative. Oh, people are going to hate that. Oh, is that going to be great? (laughs) (laughs) Great. So anyway, 23andMe, uh, 125 personalized insights. Join me. Discover the connections between your DNA, your weight, how much you move in your sleep, your your caffeine consumption, the likelihood of being like uh, lactose intolerant, and much, much more. When it comes to your day-to-day living, your wellness report can help you make informed decisions about healthy living. Buy your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash Beck. By the way, 23andMe has fought um, uh, in the courts to make sure that they can keep your stuff private, and they win. Um, they do not uh, release this information. 23andMe. Get your DNA kit now. 23andMe.com. That's it. 23andMe.com slash Beck. 23andMe.com slash Beck. Break for 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, um, we have Daniel Hannon coming up, and we're going to have to change the show. Station's just an alert. Next half hour of the show, we have to change around some of the commercial breaks and things just for Daniel Hannon. He's on a very tight schedule today. As you can imagine, the EU and uh, and England kind of uh, upended um, today, and so we're going to talk to him. They are debating what's going to happen to the prime minister right now, even as we speak, so... Uh, that's coming up in just about 15 minutes from now. Daniel Hannon, member of uh, Parliament and um, and EU. Um, all right. So why is uh, why is Governor Cuomo saying now that you can have partial birth abortion and he won't sign a budget for New York until this is passed? Here's a guy holding the state hostage. Stu, can you give me some of the numbers on because most people when we say, well, you know, it's a it's a it's coin toss, you know, it's split, but leans a little in the favor of pro-life. No, it doesn't. When you actually look down at the breakdown, it is in favor of common sense. Now, listen to how people actually feel. Um, about abortion when they're given the actual choices. Yeah, fifty-five percent of people say they're pro-choice, and in, in a, in a uh, that's that's pretty high, I would say, for that. It's usually, I would say, in the high forties. But mm-hmm. this is a recent poll from uh, Marist, and fifty-five uh, percent say they're pro-choice. Thirty-eight percent say they're pro-life. When you ask broadly, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. But when you dig into it a little bit, what you find out is uh, is is pretty surprising. For example. About 27% of people say they should, uh, that abortion should only be available during the first three months of pregnancy. 28% um, say only in cases of rape, incest, or save the life of a mother. Okay, so, so, so that's, let, let, there's your 55. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's put this into context here. I would be considered pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Because I cannot bring myself, and I know this is, I, I just haven't gotten there yet. 
I know this is inconsistency, and it's the one uh, one thing that I'm inconsistent on that really bothers me. I believe that is life, but I just can't get myself to say to somebody who has been raped, hey, I'm going to tell you what to do. I, I just can't do it, and that may be wrong, but I can't do that yet as a person um, and as a dad. So, and I'm, a, I'm an adopted dad, so I, I get it. Um, but I'm just not there yet. But because of that, because I say uh, rape and incest, because of that, I would be considered by Marist in this poll pro-life. Yes. I mean, sorry, pro, pro-choice. It's a little bit different than that because you can identify yourself. And so it's not exactly that 55, right? Yeah. But I mean, so, but I mean, that's the 55% of people. Again, that's over half where they're saying, oh, you know. Uh, no, I think it should be either in cases of, of of rape, incest. Again, rape, incest is your position. It was George W. Bush's position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a it's a Republican position on this on this issue. And that's twenty eight percent. Twenty eight percent. Another twenty seven percent say just the first trimester. Okay, um, so that would include maybe rape and incest in the first trimester. It's ever yeah. So yeah, anything so available anything. in the first trimester. Okay. Then you also have another ten percent saying abortion uh, only when it saves the life of the mother, which is more restrictive than George W. Bush's or your position. Um, it, and, because there's no research that shows the, the mother's life is ever today. It's no longer the, well, this baby could kill the mother. I tend to agree with you on that, but I mean, that's a more restrictive position than yes. what you have. Because yes, yes, yours yes. includes also, the, the in this case, of life of the mother. Mm-hmm. And there's 10% say it should be permitted under no circumstances whatsoever. So if you kind of add that up, you've got 48% saying uh, Republican or more restrictive there. Then you have uh, another 27% say it's only in the first trimester, which is far more uh, restrictive than what we have today. Mm-hmm. So you are at 75% of people who saying are we saying sh- we should be much more restrictive than we are today on abortion. It's not that close. Only 15% of adults believe the Democrat position or the Cuomo position you just outlined, which is it should be available at any time during the pregnancy. The only reason why he's doing this is because he wants to be president. Mm-hmm. He wants to show how extreme he can be. And he knows he'll get cover from the the press. The press won't make this into a big deal that he's holding the state hostage. They'll just use this as his bona fides. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, X-Chair. All the uh, all the X chairs um, are uh, are radically different than the chair that you're probably sitting in when you're at work. Um, you know, most people get their chairs at Staples. Yeah, you could you could do that. I think you could also maybe choose something that's going to pamper you a little bit more. And the X chair is like you can you get could work done get a chair and it's comfortable. Play. You could get a chair that you know whose name is pointy and uncomfortable and will stick you yeah i mean it doesn't or, you know, i'm, I'm sitting saying. on a bunch of staples yeah, right <laughs> uh but that's where most people get it because you just go and you get a bunch of chairs from staples and they're not comfortable and they don't support your back get an x chair now x chair now has a new model that is available to you now uh it has all of the things that the super x chairs have this is the x chair basic affordable price get it now you also get a free foot rest if you use promo code beck at xchairbeck.com 48444xchair so big story today is brexit in the uk we have the guy the expert the guy who basically led this movement daniel hannon coming up
Station's just a quick note. We have Daniel Hannon coming on in just a few minutes. And because of what's happening over in England, he's on a very tight schedule. Uh, and so we're going to have to break uh, a little early uh, and do a longer break uh, right after with Daniel Hannon. So uh, just uh, an alert. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Um, Brexit was voted down yesterday in Parliament. And it's really confusing um, if if you're not really following it. Brexit was voted by the people, and the people said, we want out of the European Union. Theresa May, the prime minister, went in and made this compromise deal with the EU, because obviously the EU doesn't want uh, England to leave. And so uh, the compromise deal was, hey, you still get all the trading things, and you still get all this and that, and blah, 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 blah. But, okay, you don't have to take immigration, and there's a few laws culturally that we'll get rid of. No, that's not what the English people wanted. So Theresa May tried to make this grand compromise. Basically, think of it as the Gang of Eight. And this is comprehensive immigration reform. This is comprehensive European reform. (laughs) And other people are like, nope, I don't want it. Yeah, that never makes anybody happy. So now there's two ways to go. There's a hard exit. It's just get out. Or you defy the people and you stay in. Um, if they stay in the EU, it's going to be really, really ugly. Now, so you know, Daniel Hannan is a guy who was in the uh, EU parliament. Now, I love this guy because I think he is more of what a, a senator is supposed to be under our Constitution. Stu, how, is, how were the senators elected before Woodrow Wilson changed this, do you know? Uh, they were appointed. By? By the states. Correct. Why? Uh, so they would be more responsive to the state's needs. They weren't federal figures, per se. Okay. So what you had was you had the House of Representatives. They were, were supposed to be responsible directly to the people. That's why they have such a short period. You have to have elections every two years because we can throw their butts out. Um, because they're directly responsible to us. And that's also why the House of Representatives are supposed to be the only ones that can spend money because we have the closest, you know, rope around their neck. So they can spend money. Then it has to go to the Senate. Now, Woodrow Wilson changed this to make these guys the guardian of the state, capital S, where it was supposed to be. They were supposed to be the guardian of the state, small s. So uh, Ted Cruz was there to only advocate for Texas, nothing else. He had nothing else to do with with any kind of policies, with an exception of trade and war and things like that. Um, He had nothing to do with American policy. In fact, those senators were supposed to go there to try to protect the state from a growing super state. That's what Daniel Hannan has done in the EU. He has gone, and the English people, whether they know this or not, they, they hired somebody very American. They hired somebody to go to their parliament, EU, which, if you look at the European Union, what is that? That is a collection of separate countries all trying to be united. That's what we were when we first started. When we had the 13 colonies, those were basically 13 different independent states. And they all had different ideas and different culture. New York was very different than Virginia. It still is. 
bringing those all together was really difficult. Bringing these guys together is, I think, impossible and wrong because they are too different. So they brought them together and the English people hired Daniel Hannon and said, Daniel, you go. What he's done is he has said, nope, we don't want any of that. He's voted against everything that ties England to the European Union. And he's been there for years. So he's acting as a United States senator is supposed to act in the in the, you know, big state government. Right. And, and he basically went to work from day one to try to remove Great Britain from the European Union and he's would and guy. destroy his own job, by yes. the way, if, yeah. it, if he succeeded. Correct. Obviously, with Brexit, he did succeed. But we're seeing now that success is a little harder to come by. Okay, so he's uh, on a tight schedule today. He'll be with us in about four and a half minutes from England, and he's going to tell us what all of this means uh, and what the plan is now, because Theresa may be out, and the person that may be coming in is Corbyn, and he is a radical anti-Semite and uh, uh, socialist, communist kind of guy. Really not a good guy. We'll talk to Daniel Hannon when we come back. Our sponsor for this portion of the program is ZipRecruiter. As a business owner, I am always trying to figure out um, ways to be more efficient uh, and ways to get things done just faster. Not just cheaper, but faster. Let's get moving. So who takes on the job if you're a small business owner? Who takes on the job of hiring somebody? You do, right? Well, who takes the job of emptying the garbages and writing all the checks? You do. Fortune 500 companies, they've got these HR com- you know, HR divisions. Well, you know what? They also use ZipRecruiter because no matter what job you're in, you always have better things to do than go out and headhunt. If you can find somebody who's exactly right. You're always taking attention away from actually running your business. Correct. And ZipRecruiter helps you keep your eye on the ball. They go out and they have a uh, an algorithm headhunter. They can find a qualified candidate for you. Within an hour, you usually get a qualified candidate. That's incredible. So ZipRecruiter, try it for free. It's rated number one in the U.S. by companies for job hiring but for a reason. They're really, really good. The best in the business. ZipRecruiter, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-C-K. Try it for free now. This is the Glenn Beck Program, and we welcome uh, Member of Parliament Daniel Hannon. Uh, Daniel, thank you for being on the uh, program today. We it's know a great pleasure, Beck. Always nice to be with you. You bet. Uh, we know how busy you are. Can you please explain to America, uh, if you can, uh, what this means? It, it, it appears to us on this side of the water that you're kind of going through the same thing we've been going through, where the politicians are just not listening uh, to the people. Uh, and they're going their own way, and Theresa May has paid a heavy price for it. What's happening? Yeah, I think you put it very well. When the Parliament voted to allow people a referendum on whether to leave the European Union, it never occurred to MPs that the voters might disregard their advice and vote leave. And what has happened in the last two and a half years since the vote is basically that our political class, not only our MPs, but to be fair, you know, the, the, the chiefs of the big rent-seeking corporates, a lot of the civil service, a lot of what Americans would call the deep state, you know, our, our permanent bureaucracy, uh, diplomats and, uh, you know, charities and think tanks and the whole establishment have refused to accept 
the result. And although it looks like chaos, it actually has a very simple cause, which is basically the politicians and their allies in the political elites are not doing what the country instructed them to. So, Daniel, we are going through the same thing with the border. Uh, Europe is going through this uh, throughout, and it is going to cause chaos if politicians don't start listening to the people. Is there a chance that that's going to happen now? I mean, you'd have thought that a referendum would be the classic case of where politicians have no option but to listen, right? Because that's what a referendum is. And yet, as I say, it never really occurred to them to plan for a leave vote. And so what we've had, there have been some who have right from the beginning just tried to overturn the result or disregard it. Now, I know that that sounds funny, but if you think about it, it's not uncommon practice in the EU. You know, whenever they get a result that they don't like in a referendum, they they try and rerun it or disregard it. They did Mm -hmm. it in Denmark. They did it in Ireland. They did it in France, Mm -hmm. Netherlands. So, you know, they they, they treat public opinion as as an obstacle to get around, not as a a, a source of instruction. And that's why there's Uh, unrest in the streets. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but there is a there is a mood of unpleasantness and uh, un, and incivility in our discourse, rather like in the U.S. But yes. for us, it's really it's really new. We we you know yes. I, I've never known. I meant in Europe years ago, people to fall out. Yeah, yeah. I meant in Europe. Well, I mean, not wait, in wait, I mean yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That, that that is that is yes. certainly the case, and and from a similar cause, you know. Um, and so but the, 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 the funny thing is, the politicians who've been so determined to try and frustrate Brexit, what they've they've done is they've coalesced around this idea of we mustn't leave without a deal. And this, of course, has encouraged the Brussels side when they were told that Britain wasn't going to walk away. Well, what would you do in a negotiation? Right. Imagine you were buying a house or something or selling a house. And the, the other party says, I want you to know that I'm never going to walk away. I'm definitely going to sign something. What would you do? Right? The, the EU has, mm-hmm. has taken advantage of, of this weakness uh, to insist on really quite vindictive terms. And the funny thing is they may have overplayed their hand, which means that there is now quite a strong likelihood that Britain will leave on the 29th of March without there being any deal at all. Is that a good thing? Well, it's not where I would have wanted to start, but given where we now are, I think leaving with no deal whatever is far better than signing up to these vengeful terms that the European side has set. And you know what? Life is going to carry on. You know, people will still open their shops and the traffic lights will still work. And an awful lot of people who have been predicting economic catastrophe are going to be left looking very silly indeed. So, Daniel, the... the Corbyn from again across the water and not paying attention to your politics. He doesn't seem like a good dude. <laughs> uh, he seems uh, anti-Semitic. Um, he uh, he's a, a socialist at best. Uh, what what is what's happening with him? Is is mm. is he going to get into the mix here and possible next prime minister? Well, it's a scary thought. I mean, here's the thing, Glenn. So we're reading this right about him? Well, do you know, it's not often that anyone accuses you of this, Glenn, but I think you have understated the situation. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a common thing in politics that we use use strong language, we use strong words, and we can devalue it. Uh, And then when you're left with the genuine article, it's difficult. You've almost run out of vocabulary. Yeah. Let me put it like this. Here is, for the first time in British history, a party leader who was on the other side during the Cold War, who regrets the outcome of the Cold War. 
he has never seen a communist dictatorship that he hasn't defended. Chavez, Castro, the Soviet Union, he's pro-Hamas, he's pro-Hezbollah, he was pro-IRA. In fact, there has never been a quarrel that has involved the UK where he hasn't taken the other side, even when we were fighting the Falklands War against a fascist dictatorship in, in Argentina, right? A fascist dictatorship that uh, disappeared, as they said, uh, leftist agitators and trade unionists that threw people out of, of planes and so on. He still couldn't bring himself to back Britain. This is the guy that two out of five Brits voted for at the last election, which is a truly terrifying thought. Now, of course, normally in a mature democracy like ours, you would say, well, if someone like that has got no prospect of getting in. I mean, he makes Bernie Sanders look like a Republican. There's no chance that anyone would vote for someone like him. But if there is uh, uh, sufficient anger at the way in which the government uh, fails to deliver the Brexit vote, then anything is possible. What do the people of Great Britain want you to do right now what should we be praying for that you guys do that will will make sure that it doesn't get more radical and unstable you know i think the best outcome now is that brexit is delivered that we become an independent country with its own trade policy that we move right away to a deep and comprehensive free trade agreement with you guys our uh, our strongest allies and our biggest trading partners, and, and we're also your biggest investors, you're our biggest yeah, investors, yeah. that will be a big part of it. I think that will very quickly be followed by a resumption of amicable, amicable relations with our European neighbors. You sure. know, once this Brexit process is complete, sure. I think we'll very quickly get around the table and become allies again. And I think there will then be a restoration of something resembling normal politics in the UK. What about Ireland? Doesn't that cause a problem with the borders with Ireland and all that stuff, or is that just nonsense? I'm afraid it is just nonsense. The, and, and actually, this will become very clear in the event that we leave without a deal, because we will leave without a deal, and it will then be obvious that there is no physical border in Ireland and that there was never going to be. Uh, the whole thing has been cooked up as a way of trying to keep Britain within the EU's trade policy to allow Brussels to continue to, to dictate whom we trade with and, and on what terms. And, you know, the, the, the short answer when somebody starts saying, oh, but what about a hard border in Ireland? Just ask that person, who's going who's to erect this border? I mean, who, who's, which government is going to send, you know, construction workers to the frontier and, and tell them to start putting up physical infrastructure? It's just not going to happen. Neither London, nor Dublin, nor Brussels wants it, whether or not there is a deal. One last question. Um, does this, uh, if, if England exits, does this uh, start a domino effect in Europe? Well, if it exits and succeeds, which of course is one of the reasons why Brussels is being so obstreperous and, and aggressive in the, in the negotiations, right? I mean, if, if, if any other country... If, if Canada or Japan or somewhere were, were offering the kind of uh, trade terms and close continuing cooperation that Britain was doing, the EU would bite their hand off. They'd say, quick, 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 you know, get them to agree to that before the idiots come to their senses. But they, you know, there are a number of people in the European Commission in Brussels, not so much, I have to say, in the, in the national capitals, not in, in Warsaw or Rome or Berlin or, or Madrid, but in Brussels, there are a lot of people who would rather see all sides suffer mm-hmm. than watch a post-EU Britain succeed. Wow. Daniel, thank you so much. Uh, we pray for you, and we pray for our uh, brothers and sisters across the, uh, the ocean, and we wish you the best of luck. God bless. 
Thank you, my friend. You All bet. the best to you. You bet. Daniel Hannon. That concerns me. What he just said really concerns me. And we have to make time today to talk about that. I know we're out of time They here. want to see it fail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with what's happening uh, in the year with the euro, what's happening with the banking system. Um, th- this is just this is <laughs> this is it's all coming together. It's all coming together. And we have to be the best people we can possibly be. All right. Chechnya crackdown on homosexuals. You're not going to hear this in the mainstream media. Why? I don't know. But I think this is really important. We're talking to people who are risking their lives to talk to us from Russia next. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. Uh, It is Relief Factor. 100% drug free. Created by doctors. Four key ingredients that help fight your uh, helps your body fight against inflammation. That is the biggest problem that we all have is inflammation. And it's a, it's a really important problem. And may I approach this from another uh, position, which is if you have someone in your life who's become a nightmare because of their pain, mm-hmm. perhaps you should buy them Relief Factor. Because mm-hmm. some people when that are close to you that started taking Relief Factor went from unbearable to uh it's more bearable. I don't know uh, if you're speaking about yourself or about Tanya, uh, <laughs> but 70% of the people who try it go on to order month after month, including me. Call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, or go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We are connecting now uh, to a guest in, uh, in Russia. They're a member of the Russian LGBT network. Um, Russia says there's not a problem at all in Chechnya. Why? Wait, Russia says there's not a problem in Chechnya? Uh, the LGBT community is saying uh, people who are homosexual are being systematically rounded up and tortured and executed. They say that there is the beginning of a, a homosexual holocaust uh, going on the person we're connecting to i don't even know their name i'm not supposed to know their name um they their lives are in danger as they try to get someone anyone to listen why isn't anyone on the left really listening i hope maybe we can find a coalition of like-minded people who will stand for life we'll talk to the people in russia hopefully in one minute this is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you a little bit about Liberty Safe. Where do you keep your guns? Uh, you got to keep your guns someplace safe. I, I remember my uncle used to keep a, be- a gun under his bed, and he told us about it. He said, my handgun is here. It's underneath the bed, and it's loaded and ready to go because a, a gun that's not loaded is of no use. And he just kept it between his mattress. Um, you know, he kept guns out in a gun cabinet, but it wasn't locked. And if, it, if my grandfather had one and it was locked, it had glass in the front, you know, breaking case of emergency. You can't do that now. God forbid. If you want your guns safe, protected, uh, Liberty Safe is absolutely the best. If you want historic photos or your marriage license or jewelry or anything that you have that's of value, 
You want it safe, Liberty safe. Nobody's going to break into it, and no fire is going to. I mean, it, we've a seen tornado. A, yeah. We've seen the pictures of the tornadoes that wipe out those entire communities, yeah. and the only thing left standing is a Liberty safe. And we've seen wildfires in California, where the only thing left standing in the house is the chimney and the safe. Uh, they're amazing. Check them out for yourself. Do your own homework. But this is the best. LibertySafe.com. LibertySafe.com. Um, all right. I want to uh, uh, I want to set this up just in case. Do we know, Sarah, what the odds are? Uh, I mean, are we having transmission? Are we not getting a connection? What, what do you know what's happening? Connection is not happening yet. Um, um, the tough one. I mean, we were, you know, we're talking we're talking about a phone call into Russia from someone who's hiding their identity. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? What's gonna happen with this I know. Thing. So I, I will uh, um, let me just set it up in case we get the connection, because I don't want to get the connection and then not go to it. Um, and I want you prepared for this interview. Um, this is somebody who is part of the LGBT community in Russia. If you remember right, about five years ago, I talked to you about the real plight of homosexuals in in uh, the former Soviet Union. Putin was starting to take away driver's license. People, if you were homosexual, you started to lose rights. In Chechnya, I told you that they were starting to scoop people up off the street. Uh, and this was five years ago, and we didn't have confirmation of it. We just had words. Um, now there is the LGBT community in Russia who are... These people are extraordinarily brave. Remember, you're screwing with the Chechnyans and Putin. And they are trying to reach out and say, hey, we have to tell the world what's going on. Now, we could be like the world was in, you know, 1939 and go, oh, well, it's just a bunch of crazy Jews. The Germans would never do that. Or we could actually say these people are risking their life to get this information out. And they're Russians. Um, what they're saying is, is that um, people are being taken off the street by the Russian government. Um, they are targeted because they are gay. Um, uh, about 150 people have already been smuggled out of the area. Um, one guy said, I was kidnapped and kept for 12 days in a basement. Um, they put a plastic bag over my head and put a gun to my head. Uh, I was interrogated, physically abused, and forced to contact a person that I was dating. They made me call another guy and tell him to come into a car where they kidnapped him as well. Another uh, person from Chechnya said that the Russian government in Chechnya electrocuted my friends, beat them, denied them food and water. My um, my plea to you in this audience is that um, we will put aside feelings that we might have about um, agendas. And I would say that not just to you, I would say that mainly to places like GLAD. I don't agree with GLAD. But if if they will stand against this, uh, I will gladly stand with them. We need to pay attention. 
We have the connection now in uh, Russia. Um, how do I even address you? Can I can I call you by your name or uh, assume name? Well, uh, hello. Let's call me just uh, a contact. Okay, contact. Um, and you're a you're a member of the LGBT network in Russia. Yes, that's right. Um, can you tell us what's happening in Chechnya? Well, the thing with Chechnya, it's, it's, it's really difficult to say what exactly is going on there. Because the small NGO, we don't have access there. But what do we know from our sources? Is there at least 40 people were detained within less than a month, and at least two people were killed. Basically, they were tortured to death. And it also you, wait, 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 wait. Could, hold on just a sec. Could you speak a little slower? We have, I, I think oh. I got 40 people have been taken, and two people have been tortured to death. You'll just speak a little slower. Yeah. Uh, okay, what do we know? Uh, shall we start from the very beginning? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We're live, by the way, so go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, so basically uh, we know that 40 people were killed and uh, at least two people were uh, tortured to death. And the Russian authorities, they still deny even the fact that LGBT people exist in Russia. They don't just deny the fact that they're tortured or persecuted. So the, the, is, is Putin or is this Chechnyan or is this uh, uh, the Russian government and the Chechnyans? Uh Basically, all what's going on, it's uh, like all the people are persecuted by the local uh, law enforcement agencies, by the local Chechen police, and uh, both Rus- like Russian authorities at all levels, they say that nothing is going on. At all levels, Chechen authorities say so, and Russian federal authorities say so too. And um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Russia and Putin in particular is not friendly to the gay and lesbian agenda at all. Well, I believe that it's widely known that Russia is a very homophobic country. And um, they have I know it was proposed. Did they end up taking driver's license away from uh, gay and lesbians? Known gay and lesbians. No. They did not. No, basically, no. They don't do like that, anything like that, no. Okay. What we have is the so-called law, uh, propaganda law. And according to this law, it's uh, prohibited to propagate homosexuality among minors. But it's not defined what propaganda means. So the court decide on their own what does it mean. And quite often people are accused for very like simple things. Um, and how is word getting out of Chechnya about this? Um, uh, what's what's going on? H- how do you how reliable is this information? Well, we first learned about what's going on there in the very end of December, and we didn't know if it was, if it was true or not. So we tried to verify everything. So that's why. Information basically from us appeared only this week. We have our own sources, of course. We work with human rights defenders and with people in Chechnya, and we already evacuated more than like around 150 people from there. And all these people, they have their own contacts. So we try, you know, to check from all the sides. Um, 
it's really hard to say what's going on in Chechnya right now and are people are still in prison and how many people are killed and what's going on. But uh, I believe that information they provided about 40 people detained and two killed uh, is reliable. Tell me what you are afraid of personally, because you're not in Chechnya. So why? what are you afraid of? Well, uh, you know, we have cases when people who were taken out of Chechnya by us who were evacuated and put into shelters were attacked and basically were kidnapped. And in Russia, we have cases when human rights defenders and journalists who work with Chechen issues were killed. So I believe that like uh, we with the Russian LGBT network have all the reasons to, re- to, re- to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. First, for our own safety and second, to be able to continue with our work, to continue to support those who are in Chechnya. Um, I have to ask you a tough question here. Um, America is uh, skeptical, uh, to say the least, about Russia right now and Vladimir Putin um, interference uh, and, you know, disinformation, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you, we can argue it goes both ways, et cetera, et cetera. But that's where America is right now. How what what could you what would you say to people who would say, well, am I being played by a Russian to help uh, Putin uh, make Chechnya into a bad into a bad place that he could go in and and uh, be an iron fist? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, I'm not a politician. I'm a human rights defender. I I'm really not into politics right now. And when I talk about Chechnya and about people who are being killed and tortured, I talk about people's lives. And I talk about people's destinies. And what I can say to Americans who are probably listening right now is, like, I truly believe that what stopped the first wave of persecution is international attention. And I would like basically to ask for more attention Mm -hmm. from Americans. And I believe that it is something that can help many lives, can save many lives. Uh, Well, I will um, tell you that... um uh, this is a um, a very conservative uh, audience and one that, uh, you know, stereotypical in America would say, oh, they've got a problem with gays or whatever. Uh, and we don't. Uh, and uh, I, for one, um, will um, make sure that my audience knows about this. I uh, I hope that the LGBT uh, networks here in America uh, will uh, start talking about this, take this seriously um, and and stand with people like me and my audience uh, to save the lives of people who are, are being killed just because of their lifestyle. This is this is obscene uh, and violates every kind of human right that uh, uh, that you can imagine. Um, so I, I thank you for your bravery. Um, I wish I wish I knew your name uh, just so I could write it in my diary for my children to listen to and to read about someday about courageous people. But I, I think you are extraordinarily brave and uh, our prayers and our best go to not only you, but everyone in your network. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you are listening and you are on the left, 
I would think I would know your name. I, I don't. I, <laughs> I don't know how many on the left are listening, but I would just, I would just ask you, please, can we drop our differences? Can we stop? Just well, you can pick it up later. Can we stop about the things that we disagree on and start just talking about the things we do agree on? Can we please come together on something like this? There isn't anyone that is in the sound of my voice, I believe, that at least that this audience wouldn't turn on, uh, that thinks that homosexuals should be rounded up, tortured, or any anything like this, please, there's something we can stand together on. There's something that we can do and actually make a difference. This is the politics of meaning. Please, let's come together and figure out a way to help the people in Chechnya and Russia who are afraid for their lives today. Almost uh, half of Americans uh, make a New Year's resolution, then they don't. They don't do it. We're one minute away back into programming here. Let me tell you about a New Year's resolution that's easy, and that is protect your family. Simplysafebeck.com, the best protection for your home, your family, your business. Um, I go into places now and I see Simply Safe. I see the control panel on the wall, and I just like I cheer for Simply Safe. I love this company. They think out of the box. They were created by need. They were created by a guy whose whose grandfather helped us win World War II. He came up with an invention for one, you know, for our tanks, and helped us win World War II. I mean, this is a great American invention family. Uh, and uh, he went on because his friends had need of security in their rental apartments, and he came up with Simply Safe. You don't have to drill any holes. You own the system. It's really easy. There's no contracts. It's fourteen ninety nine a month. I mean, what's not to love about this? Yeah, the alarm business is one of those things that everyone has five or six really annoying problems with the way it's run, and Simply Safe just just knocks all those out. Yes. So check it out for yourself, simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, simplysafebeck.com. There's no reason. This is the new way, the best way to keep your home and family safe. It's simplysafebeck.com, simplysafebeck.com. We break for 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's an amazing uh, story because it's something that's not even being covered here in the United States really at all by any of the groups that should be covering it. Right? Like we're talking about it. W- what about all these, you know, these groups that we hear every time Kevin Hart makes a joke and we realize uh, we, he's the worst person in the world because he made a joke 10 years ago and can't host the Oscars or uh, some somebody doesn't make a transgendered cake at a bakery or some wedding photographer mm. won't go... Go, won't go do a wedding they don't want to be involved in and we're told it's basically the worst thing in the world we're told that this is a uh, a real crisis and i guess baked goods are i mean look i feel they're that important but i didn't know everyone else <laughs> did uh, i'm just surprised that you don't hear about these real things you know why wouldn't this be the top priority if you happen to be a gay rights organization you have people being killed because there's no there's no political win here yeah 
And that, that's the problem. That's the problem. We've made everything into politics, and we have to stop. I, I don't think the average person is, is making everything about politics. They just, they just don't. It's like that Gillette ad. You know, I saw a study today said, please, Super Bowl, advertisers, don't make it about politics. Don't. Stop it. Stop it. We don't want it. Um, and everything now has been politicized and it's just, it makes life crappy and you don't get anything done. So I, I don't know. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm asking a, a friend of the program wrote in and said, I know the former head of one of the organizations, uh, one of the gay networks. And he said, I know that they would be open to, to helping fine. Great. Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, how can we say Hey, we disagree on a lot of big stuff, but on this particular issue, we can stand shoulder to shoulder. Let, how can we get things done on this issue? On this issue. There's no motivation for it because there is no. sort of a reductionist idea, particularly on, on these big cable news networks, to bring everything back to how evil Donald Trump is. Well, it's, uh, not, a, it's not only that. It's not, it, how do you... Well, f- it's a lot of that, man. It, it mean, is a lot, lot of, of it. it. It is a lot of that. But I think it's bigger than that, too. Mm-hmm. How does a group fundraise against a group like us that would say, we want to get involved? So here's all these conservatives across America, and they want to speak out. Let's say we, we came up with something. We say we want to speak out against the, the roundup of homosexuals, and we're helping lead the charge on that. How does the gay organizations of America fundraise when we're no longer a boogeyman? We disagree on things, but we're not boogeymen. People need boogeymen to be able to fundraise. You delete the boogeyman, there, there's, there's nothing left. Yeah, no, it's, I think that's true. But it also shows that the if that's true, which I think a lot, it is certainly for many of these organizations, um, it shows that their goals aren't real right like what they yes. say they stand for is not real yes. and that's pathetic yes. i mean because again this isn't a tough one this isn't a tough one at all you know to get to get on board to say there shouldn't be a genocide of gay people in in russia is not a difficult one here this is Correct. not this is not a heavy uh, lift and the fact that they you know they're going to avoid an issue like that to to focus on something that's I mean, inconsequential by every measure in comparison. So we have we have an angel mom on in about an hour. Now, an angel mom is somebody who has lost uh, someone uh, due to an illegal alien. Okay, this is a no brainer, too. Mm -hmm. This is absolute no brainer. We don't want MSN MS 13 in our country. We don't want it. We don't want really bad guys, rapists, gang rapists, gang members killers coming across our border we don't want it nobody wants it so what are the things that we can do that will stop those things now you want to talk about what do we do with the people that are already here that's a different story but let's separate these things and start looking at the things we can do otherwise you're just against the border for for what reason you're against the wall for what reason You're listening to Glenn Beck. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So I want to make this really clear. I have, um, uh, I believe that things, I, I, I'm, I'm back where I was in 2007. 
uh, we're we're close to something. I don't know what, but we're close to something. And, um, you know, might happen in two years, might happen tomorrow. But you need to have your financial house in order. Right now is the time to refinance. Uh, if you have a adjustable mortgage, right now is the best time to buy or sell a house. Um, but you have to have the right mortgage. Banks are going to be in trouble. And I think getting a loan is going to be extraordinarily difficult to uh, to do. But you have to do it the right way right now. AmericanFinancing.net. Call these people. AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. So tomorrow's the big day. Steven Crowder, Louder with Crowder, back on Blaze TV for a new season. You can subscribe at blazetv.com slash Beck. The promo code is Beck. This podcast is sponsored by simplysafe.com slash Glenn. I love doing commercials for Simply Safe because I have this system. In fact, I have it in my office even where we have a lot of collectibles. So when we lock up the doors on the weekend, we know nobody's going to, you know, steal the ruby slippers or the cup of a carpenter. Simply Safe is the best home security. They believe nothing should come between you and protecting your home. Simply Safe has created a system where you own the the alarm system. So for $14.95 a month, they give you the 24/7 monitoring. It's all wireless so you don't have to worry about somebody cutting the lines or the power going out. All of it still works. Get a jump on protecting your home the Simply Safe way. simplysafe.com/glen. G L E N N. No time like the present. This is how you protect your home and your stuff. simplysafe.com/glen. This is the Glenbeck program. This week we uh, or this year we have um, we've set out a new goal that we're going to really focus on things that matter, that really matter. Um, and I want to just kind of recap some of the show that we've had uh, today um, and what we still have coming up. We have uh, Laura Wilkerson. Uh, she's an angel mom on the border. Th- this is so critical that Donald Trump wins this. And um, at the same time, I think the government is just being made into a joke. Um, I think people are seeing that, well, government's still closed. Huh. And with a few exceptions, everything's running fine. And that's the point. That's the point the American people who believe in small government have been making for a long time. We, we don't get our power from government we don't get, we don't get our marching orders from government. They get it from us. And we're fine. We're fine. I mean, we need the government to do some basic things, but that's what the constitution is for. So, we're going to talk about the border, but we've we've also talked about politics of meaning and Brexit. We had Daniel Hannan on earlier today. Daniel Hannan is the guy who really brought Brexit to uh to Europe, I mean to to England. Um, he's really the guy who's been spearheading this thing. They're going to go through some dicey times uh, in England. And as he said, there are people in uh, Brussels that would rather have the entire EU suffer than have England prosper. Oh, because it's going to encourage other countries to follow their lead if they do prosper, which he believes they will, by the way. And uh, I, I, I do, to too, if you them. didn't have nefarious people involved. But I, I, I want to bring this up um, because look at the things of real meaning that just Brexit touches. 
Brexit touches um, civility and unrest, um, the economy, allies, and politics of meaning. They're now going to put in, possibly, possibly, two out of five uh, uh, Britons voted for, what's his name, Jeremy Corbyn? Yeah. Jeremy Corbyn. The guy, when I said he's a socialist, uh, Daniel Hannon said, well, this I don't think this is ever said about you. Uh, you're uh, you're uh, underplaying the story and basically described a deep communist radical um, and an anti-Semite. That might be the next prime minister um, just because people are unhappy with the government and he hates the British government. I hope to God that doesn't happen. But look at what they have. Socialist, communist. A guy who is an anti-Semite supports, openly supports Hamas, Hezbollah, Russia. What do we have here? I mean, the whole world is going through this, the Western world. And I don't think it's a coincidence. What do we have here? The women's movement, we told you earlier today, is completely falling apart. Over half of the people that participated and sponsored last year are out. And because they know it's an anti-Semitic organization. It's not a good organization. And the people who are in the organization are doubling down and saying, yeah, we're not going to do this in Los Angeles because we think it's going to be a lot of white people showing up. Oh, okay. I thought this was a woman's movement. Um, and so it's just collapsing. Do we get a, is there a moment at any point where we go back and look at, all the organizations and media networks that heaped praise on the Women's March mm-hmm. movement for the mm-hmm. last couple of years. I know now they might be pulling out, but do they need to go back and maybe revisit their former opinions on or the same Or apologize to us about? who said this is a radical, this right. is a radical organization. And you were called, uh, you just hate women, you're, yeah. you, you know, you're a misogynist if you yep. said those things. Those things were true. Those things were true. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. as the Democratic Party... Uh, pretty much verifies by pulling out their support yesterday. I mean, these That's are people. We, we, the Democratic Party has members uh, that go and travel and visit the Castro family yeah. and the Assad family. Yeah. I mean, if they're pulling out of something, what so, is it? So look at what Europe is doing and England is now doing with Jeffrey Corbyn. And now look over here, Ocasio-Cortez, the women's movement. It's the same stock. It's the same group of people. And Beto... Now, Beto is, Beto is uh, uh, somebody that most people don't know. But let me give you a quote that he said when they said, do you like the Constitution? Are you a supporter of the you know, Constitution? Is it still relevant? This was his response. I'm hesitant to answer because I really feel the Constitution deserves its due. And I don't want to give you, actually, just selfishly, I don't want a soundbite of it reported. But yeah... I think that's a question of the moment. Does this still work? Can an empire, listen to this, can an empire like ours with military presence in over 170 countries around the globe, trading relationships, security agreements in every continent, can it still be managed by the same principles that were set down 230 plus years ago? No, because if we were actually living by those principles, we wouldn't have a military presence in 170 different countries. So he's saying, you know, I want to give the Constitution its due. I mean, it had its place and its time, but I don't know as a global entity yeah. if this still works. <laughs> they treat it like it's the Model T. 
It's like, oh, look, it's a great historical thing, and Ford did some good stuff with that. But, I mean, obviously, we're not driving that on the roads now. That's how they think of the Constitution. It's irrelevant to where we are today. They look at the Constitution as, like you said, the Model T instead of the combustion engine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Engines have improved in some ways, but the principles are still there. Yeah, the basic principles of transportation are still there. You know, well, you know, airplanes still had their their place, uh, you know, but uh, I'm not really sure the biplane. Well, the biplane doesn't have uh, a place in today's modern aviation. However, the principles behind what they did to take off, those are valid. A little uncomfortable with you opposing the B in airplanes and the LBGT community of airplanes. In aviation, uh, biplanes Look, are completely acceptable. You should not be criticized. I know. I apologize. I apologize. One wing can have sex with another wing, even though they're exactly the same because <laughs> they're all different. They are. They can all choose. They I'm. Are. I'm bottom. I'm top. I'm top. I'm bottom. They can choose. And I think the seaplane would be the transgendered plane uh, because that can both go in the water and fly in the air. I'm not. Uh, I don't. I just. I. I think I you could build this whole thing out and just. I mean, I'm, I'll work on this. As I'll start my own uh, my own advocacy group, and then I can start my own march that gets abandoned by the Democratic Party in a couple of years. So nobody work. who is asking the question: How do you short circuit this? How do you short circuit what's happening around the globe? It's not just us. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump just happened to be the right guy at the right time, or the wrong guy at the wrong time, if that's the way you want to look at it. He didn't create what's going on. He capitalized on it. He just did what no one in Europe is doing now to the people. He's not, there's no one in England, maybe Daniel Hannon, that is actually listening to what the people said. Now look at this with look at this with um, two things. We talked about them earlier. Let's look at the border. The people have spoken. If you look at the border and you look at the polling. You may not be for a border wall, but a border fence. Very few people in America are like, I'm borderless. I don't care who's coming in. Very, very few people. That's the Democratic position. That's their position now. It wasn't just a few years ago, but it is now. Well, they won't admit that exactly, right? They'll say, well, of course, we want border security. We just don't want the wall. We just don't want a fence. They'll still say that they want it monitored, but they, I mean, they, in, in they've reality, never done anything to oh. monitor in the last few years. They've done nothing. Oh, they would disagree with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Of course. Well, but I mean, beyond like, forget it. If, OK, forget what you're doing at the border. We know that 10, 15 million people have crossed the border and are here illegally. And we know what they want to do with them. So the right. fact that people got across the border we, um, in many cases, not all, uh, you know, it's about the majority is still overstayed visas. Bottom line, though, is they want illegal immigrants to be able to get a pathway to citizenship. Right. It, so that I mean, who cares if they cross the border or if they come in on planes well, they, or however they get here? Right. That's their end goal. They also said that they would never, ever uh, they would never, ever uh, let Obamacare go into the hands of illegals. You yeah. lie. Oh, yeah. That was a scandal. Well, it's happened. It, oh. I mean, it happened. So you have to just watch people on their actions. Yes, exactly. Okay? And and politicians on both sides of the aisle when it comes to the border. I mean, George Bush was was not that bad, but he was just as bad uh, in many ways on the border. Um, you know, he wasn't doing anything on the border. That was the real wake up call for me. 
Wait a minute. Who are you, George Bush? Why won't you take care of this? Wait a minute. This is illegal aliens. What are you doing? By the way, um, Bush did do some fencing um, across the border. And if you look at the crossings in those areas, they're down 90 percent. I mean, entire regions are down 90 percent. There's a decent amount of fence that is up. It's right. not. Um, you it's know, fine. I love that. Yeah. I Great. Mean, and and the parts where, you know, the parts where there are no where, where there is no fence, there hasn't been the drop, though. Some of them are lower traffic uh, areas. Uh, it, it is it's it is hilarious uh, because, you know, if it didn't matter so much, it would right. be uh, it would be comical. But like the idea that you can't commit to having a physical barrier, which is, you know, uh, it's, it's one of the cheapest ways to monitor the border. It's, is it going to stop everything? No, no one thinks it will. So what we're doing is we're arguing about a wall. What we should be arguing about is border security. The problem what, with that, though, is the Democrats say they want it. And when, I know that when they get in the position to but, implement it, but they the don't do reason, it. The reason why people are at a wall is because they don't believe right. anybody mm-hmm. on border security because everybody on both sides have said, oh, I'm for border security. You're right. You haven't done anything about it. It's like I'm I you know, we've got to check over state visas. What? Hello. It's been 18 years. That was the problem with 9-11. You haven't done anything about that. That's not fixed. You're not serious about it. This is the Bubba effect. So the first part of the Bubba effect is people stand up and say, you know what? No, uh uh-uh. I want this because I don't trust you guys because you'll change the deal. That's what's happening in Brexit right now. The politicians don't want to do it. The people do. And so they decided, well, let's just mealy mouth around. Let's do a gang of eight thing. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And so you get more and more anti, you know, English, anti-EU, anti-whatever it is, Western way of life, anti-American people who are standing up. That includes radicals who have different ideas about the country, like Jeremy Corbyn, who is a real radical in all of the worst sort of ways. And then you get people who are like Beto, who I don't think Beto is a bad guy. I just disagree with him on his policies and on his stance, I think, about the Constitution. When you say, I think the Constitution deserves its due, but the question is, is it relevant anymore? Unless you're following it with, is it relevant anymore to anyone in in Congress? Because we haven't been using it. We got here because we're not using it. You, You start to get people like that. We have to come together and be very specific in our conversations and be very specific on what we are for. Yeah, you know what? It is. You're right. It is a, a, a humanitarian problem on the border. Now, what's causing that? What's causing that is confusion of the law. Chaos. Chaos always causes problems. So let's be very clear with people in South America and anyone south of our border. You're not coming in. You're not coming in illegally. You're not. If you have a problem, you go see a, uh, an embassy. If you have a problem, we will help those who have actual dire needs. But there's a system. Don't put your kid on a train. Don't come walking 2,000 miles because we're not letting you in. We are serious about our border. That causes all, con- all these humanitarian crises, they all go away. The problem is... We're being over general on everything. We're not actually talking about anything that will solve the issue. Uh, Donald Trump is. 
by saying it's the wall. He's the only one in this that is actually saying this will do it. And you can call it a wall. You can call it a fence, whatever you want to do. But this has to be done. We have an epidemic of crappy food in America, and it is literally killing us. And if we don't smarten up, we're going to have a tragic wave of devastating health complications for for the next generation. We are eating crap. Now, Stu doesn't. I mean, he's he's had weed killer. He drinks weed killer. I don't think I drink weed killer. I mean, I you I, drank. I've had, yes, well, in Roundup. The past, in the past, I've had Roundup. Right. Yeah, it was uh, it was relatively delicious. No, actually, it's terribly terrible <laughs> it's to horrible. say. It's, it's not, you shouldn't you shouldn't drink yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But that's a good point here in that, like, if you're going to eat like Americans eat, you might want to also get your fruits and vegetables you have to have the fruits and vegetables and unless you're going to put a plate of salad next to you which we all know you're not going to do that's not going to happen no go to to brick house glen and mm -hmm. you can get real superfood and you just you just stir it in a drink now this is this is real superfood this is not supplements this is the actual fruits and vegetables all the minerals everything everything that's coming from that superfood that's what's in that so it's like a spoonful of salad which does not help the medicine go down. It doesn't down. taste like a spoonful of salad, though. That makes no, it doesn't. It gives you the it nutrients It tastes like there. a spoonful of sugar in comparison to a salad. <laughs> yeah, it tastes good. Uh, so Brickhouse Glen, BrickhouseGlen.com. You try it now, 15% off. You do a scoop of this a day. You got all the stuff you need for salad and vegetables. BrickhouseGlen.com. Never have a salad again in your life and celebrate it. Yeah. BrickhouseGlen.com. This salad nonsense is driving me out of my mind. The media is now coming out and saying, oh, Donald Trump, he was, was he being a misogynist by saying the first lady and second lady would uh, make a salad? Yeah, that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, you know, guys, uh, I got the little fillies. I told him to go in the kitchen and make you a salad. Has anyone ever thought that maybe the first lady and the second lady might go, I don't know, Dad, uh, I mean, we just go in the kitchen. We could make a salad. First of all, he's not making salads. He's not making salad for himself. He's not making food himself. He's lived the life of Donald Trump forever. He's the kind of guy, if he wants something, he'll send somebody out to McDonald's, and that's what he eats. Can we stop with this nonsense? Tad concerned why the first lady would say dad to Donald Trump. No, the second Uh, lady said that. Well, the second lady is Mike Pence's wife, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I guess it is. I was thinking he was talking about oh, his Ivanka. daughter, Ivanka. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to the program. Uh, let's talk about Patriot Mobile. You know, there's a, a new story out about um, the, the the border wall. This old, remember the La Raza, Glenn? Uh, no, this organization. The race? Yeah, yeah love the race. They yeah. have a, uh-huh. they've, moved, they've changed their name to something else. But uh, still, these big mobile companies are donating tons of money to them. Um, and they're out in front trying to stop any measure on the border of any sort. Uh, and this is where your money goes when you are s- subscribed to one of these big mobile companies. They make these donations kind of in your name. Um, Patriot Mobile went the other way. They said, you know what, let's uh, let's have people's money be able to align with their values. Uh, you get to choose whatever um, whatever uh, charity you want it to go to. On uh, They have a bunch of conservative charities that they're aligned with. And it's a great way of making sure you're consistent with your spending 
and also you're gonna get great service you're gonna get the all the and great prices too pc magazine just said it was one of the best uh, values in america when it comes to cell phone service and that that doesn't mean conservative or liberal it's just one of the best overall yep patriot mobile uh, is the place to go 1-800 a patriot is the place uh, to call or mention uh, Blaze uh, when you do call that, and then PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze is the is uh, is the website. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or one eight hundred a Patriot. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck program. Had a conversation with Daniel Hannon today. He's from the European Parliament. He's trying to he's trying to destroy his own job and eliminate his job by getting rid of uh, the uh, EU for England. It's a mess over in England. We talked to him and he said some rather disturbing things about uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who may be challenging for the uh, prime minister seat, maybe. Uh, and also the members of the EU themselves on how they'd rather see the whole thing and everyone suffer than allow Great Britain to go out and be successful. What we're seeing over in Great Britain and in Europe is exactly what we're seeing here on our own border. This is what this is really all about. The politicians not listening to the people. And we'll begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, we're only stopping for one minute uh, at a time. We'll stop a couple of uh, times uh, during this half hour so we can get right back into the show and spend more time with you. I want to tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It is Goldline. Um, I, I think, and especially when you you go back, if you, if you can, and listen to that interview I did with uh, Daniel Hannon, I think the last two minutes of that conversation is quite disturbing um, when you think about what it might mean for the economy of the world. Um, but when things become uncertain, the world rushes to gold. It always does. I think we're headed. I feel the same way today that I did in 2007 and uh, the beginning of 2008. We are on the edge of something and it's it's going to be game changing. Please protect yourself. Happy times are here. Yeah. If you're in the mode of 2007, 2008, we know joy is around the corner. It's just around the corner. Mm -hmm. Please protect yourself. Check and find out if gold or silver, actual physical gold or silver is good for you. It is for my family. Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Mr. Matt Kibbe was uh, a guy who helped start FreedomWorks and then left FreedomWorks. You were instrumental in the Tea Party. Um, and then you kind of branched out, went out on your own, and tried to find uh, a way to make politics meaningful and, and actually get something done because nothing's working right now. Yeah, that could be a contradiction, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. Good. Should we start with the announcement? Yeah, let's do yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. So um, as of today, and, and this was carefully planned for years in advance, mm -hmm. um, not really. Um, <laughs> it just sort of happened. I am officially a member of, of the Blaze TV family, and I will be launching uh, my new show, Kibbe on Liberty, uh, imminently. And and it's going to be different than anything I've ever done before. And it, it goes to directly to what we we're talking about. You know, the, if the Tea Party was a cadre of everybody that shared a set of values and we we're going to come together and try to impact politics at the margin, I feel like technology is is enabling us to reach a lot of new people. I call mm -hmm. them I call them the liberty curious. 
there's there's people out there that are trying to figure out where they fit in in this hyper partisan world and and i don't i don't feel like enough people are, are even trying to talk to them so we're going to try to do that it's i mean a, really who is in in either party per se who is i mean Stu and i talked about this um just the other day what would it take for you to get back and say you know what i'm a registered republican uh nothing five years of absolute consistent voting patterns and standing up for the constitution maybe yeah maybe but i mean i just i think more and more people are like i don't i don't i don't have a home in either of these parties and part of it like it's it's how young people think about the world and part of this is very much fueled by technology they they live in this a la carte world where they get to choose everything and they and they choose from millions of, of of bands every day, right? And yet, when it comes to politics, some somebody they don't know decided you you get this choice or that choice, and are like, I don't even understand. Well, that's <laughs> right. What? what is that? Right. And and I think that's the problem. I think that's this has kind of been bubbling in my head recently. That the problem is is that we are so a la carte on everything else except for politics, that when it comes to something like the border, look, here's, here's what I want. I want security. I want to know who's in the country. I want to know that MS-13 is not getting across the border. So I don't care what it is. The wall is only a symbol of screw you politicians. You've told us you care about this forever. I don't believe you. I want something permanent that you can't get around. It's more about the politicians than it is the people on the other side of the border, I feel. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I, I think people on both sides of the aisle across the spectrum have come to this very uncomfortable real, realization that, you know what, uh, government's been lying to us. Uh -huh. And and it, this is also fueled by technology. People know more. And all those politicians who used to say one thing at home and then come to Washington and do the opposite now you can sort of find out that they were lying to you all yeah. along. So I view it as a paradigm shift. Like like people are raging against the machine. All It's happening all over the world. And, all over. and all, all this vacillation from far left to far right and all that stuff. It's just people trying to figure out how to rein this thing in. And, you know, they only have so many tools available to them. So they, they do what they can. But but these symbols, these symbolic fights, you know, is, is, is Trump going to let... <sighs> machine beat him um i think they might have met their match <laughs> i do too I, I think i think trump may be just stubborn enough to, to right. do what lots of politicians have promised you know I've, i'm a veteran of several shutdowns the, the 1994 96 shutdown and then of course the tea party shutdown and and i still believe to this day that the good guys if they'd stuck with it would have had a I tremendously big impact he's going to stick with it and i think this is doing Tremendous good and bad at the same time. It tremendous good is it's showing us we don't really need it. Right. We don't need it. We don't need oh wow, you can't go to work. Good. You know what I mean? With an exception of a few things, nothing's really unraveling. Right. Uh except for the media uh and the political elite. Um, you know, the, again, there are certain exceptions to this. It's good in that way because it's teaching Americans. You know, they're not as important in your life as you th as they try to make you believe they are. The second thing is it could get to the point to where it discredits government so much that you have more of this attitude of 
it's all bad. Right. You know what I mean? I, I think I think both things are happening. And, you know, it. I, I didn't actually know until the other day that there's a guy in the government who's been furloughed who approves beer labels. Excuse and me? Beer labels. And, and I'm like, why, why is the government doing that? One of the things you could learn out of this process is that so many government functions should have never been there in the first place. What is this? Wait. What? Yeah, we've talked about this. This is craft beers. Yeah. Oh, the craft beers yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but why? And, what, what? The alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, yeah. right, Matt? You're right. And and I think this is the one thing that people might revolt against the uh, against the government shutdown because they're not this, getting their this new is flavors the tipping of beer. Point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is. I've, I've, I've thought about switching teams over this issue. Yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> Go Kamala Harris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think she cares about my beer freedom either. No, to she be doesn't. With you. <laughs> of course. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so, Matt, when you see things uh, like Brexit, and you see uh, the the European Union that does not have a constitution, does not have a freedom understanding, and you see this this undertow of politicians just being bad. Um, what does that tell you? What's coming? Well, it's, 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 it's the empire strikes back and it's, um, all of us learning across the globe that there is this permanent bureaucracy. It's a business. Big government is a business and they don't care about you. They care about themselves. It's, it's, and I'm not saying that as some sort of uh, cynical paranoid thing. That's just, it's how it works. People yeah. in government are just as self-interested as the rest of us. And if you give them all that power, they're going to take care of themselves not the rest of us, but it's, I happen to be an optimist about this process because I think we're in the, in the middle of learning what government is really about. And, and because of technology, we see again and again mm-hmm. and again that they, they take care of themselves and instead of doing the things that they said they were going to do, but it's pretty scary. And you see this, it's more vivid in Europe than it is in, in this country. And you've yes. talked about this all the time. You see the neo-fascists, you see the neo-Marxists, mm-hmm. um, and you could get this, this vacillation from radical right-wing populism to radical left-wing populism because nobody trusts the process anymore. But that's where we step in. And we got, we got to fill that, that void with, with things that we should have been doing more of. And I, I know you did it every day. Um, but during the Tea Party movement, we needed to spend more time on educating. You know, why, why is limiting executive power so important? And why does it matter not just now, but 50 years from now? And, and we, need to, we need to sort of fill in those blanks for all of these, these new eyeballs, these new yeah. minds that are trying to figure out how the world works. You've been so good at that. I mean, I watch your stuff on socialism and everything else. You've been so good at teaching and teaching in a different way teaching to an audience that is not necessarily my audience and um uh and yet we have so much in common um but you're teaching the the people who are like wait a minute none of this makes sense none of this works nobody's teaching that at all and you know how how is it that 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 free people manage to solve problems without a tsa without uh, someone approving our beer labels. Uh, we live in this. We live in this world where almost everything we do is free, and we sort of take it for granted that things work um, when we're left alone to do that kind of stuff. But you know, we, we've been we've been told that unless the government has a program, that's not going to get done. But you got to unveil some of those stories about about people helping people and solving problems. And no one told them to do it, and there wasn't an, an appropriation. There wasn't a regulation. It's just what free people do. 
You're seeing um, you go over to the old former uh, Eastern Bloc, um, just the fringe company, countries, yeah. Poland, Hungary, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And they are starving and on fire. I think that is the new uh, American alliance. Those those countries are not going to go the way of Russia or Europe if it starts to go ugly. Do you believe that? I I believe that, but there's a reason I spend time over there is because I want to make sure that um, you know the solution is going to be freedom based and not power based because because the 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 thing that that's being offered to young people today, which they're rejecting mostly, is you know everything's about power and you can either be a Marxist or a Nazi, and nobody wants to be a Nazi, so I. Got to be a Marxist. Mm-hmm. That's a false choice. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a it's an obscene choice, and 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 weirdly, if you accept that left right thing, which I don't really do, in the middle are all the people that are like, I just want to be left alone, and I want I want an opportunity to work and, right. and create value. And I don't and, want people starving to death. I yeah. want to be just a decent person, and can't we just be left alone? Yeah, but that's not what's happening. Let me talk. I'm going to take a quick break, and let me talk to you about. The new water proposed water tax, drinking water tax in California, Uh, uh, how extreme Cuomo is getting on uh, his refusal to sign the budget unless you have access to abortion even in the last hour of your pregnancy and how the left is going more and more extreme and. I think eating itself, but maybe you have a different perspective on that coming up in just a second. Let me tell you about our sponsor and then right back to uh, Matt Kibbe in one minute. It's CarShield. Uh, CarShield is just this great company that if you don't have a warranty for your car, if it's already expired, if you have a car that's 5,000, 150,000 miles, it doesn't really matter. If you don't have a warranty, you need to have some sort of protection or the next time you bring it in just for an oil change, you can come out and go, wait, that cost me $2,000. What was wrong with it? Sensors, just a stupid sensor is sometimes two, $3,000. Car Shield has you covered. So uh, if you bring it in and it's on the warranty, it's on the, you know, on the, the Car Shield coverage, they don't pay you after you pay the mechanic. They pay the mechanic if something happens on the side of the road, you call them. They cover that. Uh, they have the uh, roadside assistance coverage. They also have, you know, a rental car while yours is in the shop. What you're describing is a stress removal service. Yes. Right? They take yes. the hell out of your life. Yes. <laughs> so if you'd like the hell removed from your life, carshield.com. Call 800-CAR-6100. 800-CAR-6100. It's carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK. You're going to save 10% now. It's carshield.com. Promo code BECK. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. Matt Kibbe on the Glenn Beck program. So we have Ocasio-Cortez, who is a socialist. You have Beto. I don't know. Did you hear what Beto said about the Constitution? Yeah, I read that, that tortured. Is that crazy? Yeah. I'm just not sure. Let me see if I can do uh, the question of the moment. Does our Constitution still work? Can an empire like ours with military presence in over 170 countries around the globe with trading relationships, security agreements in every continent, can it still be managed by the same principles that were set down 230 plus years ago? 
Well, no, because we shouldn't be doing all of those things. Yeah, he sounds pro empire there. He does. And, and like he does. That, that I don't. I don't think that's where it, the people are. And it's it's a nice segue. Like the the progressive left has become so authoritarian that you know even on questions of whether or not we should be in how many countries like I don't know how many countries we have troops now, but. Um, there used to be an, an honest agreement amongst constitutional conservatives, libertarians, and, and, and civil libertarians on the left that mm-hmm. we shouldn't be doing all that stuff. Right. They, they seem to want to do everything now. And if you want to do everything, you got to have all the power. And principles don't change either, right? Like the idea that it's like saying, uh, well, with, all, with Snapchat and Instagram and the way people are connecting today, you can't treat your relationships by the golden rule. I was like, well, yeah, the golden rule applies to all of these situations, it's right? It's a principle, and, yeah. and that seems to be lost, uh, certainly in Washington. Well, they and and again, I think it's it's ultimately self serving. You know, if if you believe in power and redesigning the economy and society from the top down, um, you sure as heck want to be in charge of all that. Yeah, power. sure you do. Um, that's what he's talking about, I think. When you look at the women's movement, the Democrats have just finally dropped their endorsement of them. They say it's because what was revealed about Louis Farrakhan on The View. No, it's not. It's, no, it's, it's, it became a bigger uh, cross to carry yeah. uh, than to hold up in front of people. Um, they've lost over half of their sponsors. They're, the, the person who started it is like, this is a really anti-Semitic organization. Where compare this to the Tea Party because the Tea Party didn't implode; it just kind of slowly faded away. Yeah, this is an implosion. Yeah, well, I, and I've actually written about this, and 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 there's a fundamental difference, and I think the reason why the Tea Party was so impactful, why it was a sustainable social movement for you know, depending on how you measure it, three, four, five years. Um, it's because we had a shared set of values. You could w- wade into any Tea Party anywhere, and they would tell you some version of, I'm here because I believe in individual freedom, limited government, and fiscal responsibility. They all said it. They all had uh, similar stories. So that, that bound them as a community. And uh, it was also self-run. Yeah. It, it was, was community It was run. Com- complete. Um, you know, both you and I have been called the leaders of the Tea Party, and that's, that's, no. that's silly. No, yeah. we weren't leaders. We were We were members, maybe. Yeah. I sure was. And, but you know, the, the women's March and Occupy Wall Street before that, and I think other, mm-hmm. uh, other left wing attempts to recreate the Tea Party, it's a collection of very disparate goals and values and sometimes competing and, and, and fighting with each other. And the only thing that held it together was they hated Trump. And that's not enough. That's, right. that's not going to hold it together. And that's why. We're seeing it fall apart. That's why it's not been sustainable. And and I think, and I've, I've said this to my, my friends on the other side, if you want to build a social movement, figure out what a, what a few values are that would hold you together as a movement. If it's just a collection of all these things we want government to do, I don't think that does it. Well, but they're values that the ones that they seem to believe in, I mean, and I'm talking about the leaders of like yeah, yeah, the, the leaders, leaders um, are not traditionally embraced by america um even on abortion you know you say are you pro-life you pro-choice people say well i'm i'm pro-life pro-choice but it's close it's actually not when you get past you know life of the mother and rape and incest uh it starts the numbers of supports and and first trimester the numbers start to get very small in support Mm -hmm. 
yet you have these politicians who are trying to outleft each other, like Cuomo now. He's just doing this because he wants to run for president. And he's saying, I won't sign a budget until we have abortion all the way to the last moment. How is that going to play out? Is Do they see something that I'm missing, Matt? I guess that's another difference with the Tea Party, because remember how crazy we were. We wanted to balance the budget. Right. And that was that was so crazy that, that 95% of America probably agreed with us. And, and we were pushing Republicans to do things that they said they were going to do, things that they won elections on, things that they took Congress and control of Congress with. Um, it strikes me that, that progressive elites, um, they're, they're sort of covering up their real agenda because they know it's not popular. And that, of course, it goes back to Alinsky. You know, Alinsky-style politics is not designed to help the people do the things that the people want. It's designed to sort of... Uh, fool people into doing things they wouldn't have otherwise done. Matt Kibbe, um, officially now on Blaze TV. When's your show start? Full time? Uh, as, as, as soon as we can. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll, Sounds uh, familiar. We, yeah. we, are, we, we already shot an episode, and, and I'm, I'm building out uh, a, new, uh, a new studio, and it's going to happen soon. Great. Matt Kibbe, always good to talk good to you. Good to be back. Thank you. Um, Matt Kibbe, now on The Blaze TV. Make sure you join us. Uh, the voices are uh, very disparate and uh, and yet all have the same principles. And I was watching some shows last night. I don't know if you've seen Kevin Freeman, uh, Economic War Room. Hmm. That thing is off the charts good. Off the charts good. The Blaze TV. Subscribe now. Use the promo code Beck at blazetv.com slash Beck. Use the promo code Beck. You'll save 10 bucks when you sign up for a year. It's the Blaze TV. Things are heating up. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Okay, here's the problem with uh, selling your house. Who's the real estate agent that you trust? You could go to the person that you bought the house from, but do you really know if they're good this is something that I, I never really understood, and I've bought and sold houses my whole life because I'm on, in radio, and so we constantly move in radio. Um, I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I've, I always on the losing end. But I never ask one question that everybody should ask. A, is this your full-time job? If it's not, run. Two, what is your marketing plan for my house? Most people will advertise themselves so you call them up. No, no, no. How are you advertising my house? And don't tell me balloons in an open house. That's critical. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We're going to connect you with the right real estate agent that knows what your house is worth and will sell it fast and on time. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Laura Wilkerson had her son, Joshua, murdered by an illegal alien uh, in 2010. We talked to her about the border situation coming up. I absolutely, I hate the fact that I'm going to do this interview um, or that I have to do this interview, that I think this interview is important. Laura Wilkerson is, um, she's a wife and a mom. She and her husband owned a, a plumbing shop. 
It's a suburb of Houston and Pearland, Texas. And her son, her youngest son, 18 at the time, uh, was brutally murdered, tortured to death by an illegal. And um, we have her on the phone to talk about the border wall. Laura, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I do not want to put you in. I, I, I can't imagine what your life is like. Um, and having to uh, talk about this all the time. Um, so I'm going to, you tell the story in any way that you feel comfortable telling the story. Certainly. Um, we, we did. We have three children, and Josh was our youngest son. He was 18, a senior in high school. And we sent him to school one day, and apparently during that day, a classmate asked for a ride home from, from Josh, and, and Josh said yes and gave it to him. And Josh never came home that day, and so I knew immediately something was wrong. I guess it's mother's instinct or, you know, Josh was always that kid of mine that I always knew where he was. Um, so anyway, I went looking around town for him, and I um, did not find him. I went by the police station to make sure there wasn't any, you know, accidents or something and went by school to make sure he was there. And at any point, I found a his I was coming home to start really, you know, trying to see what I could do, and I looked over and saw his truck sitting in the back by a dumpster kind of behind a strip center. And I, I went over there and looked at it and I could tell something was wrong with it. So called my husband, called police and they came down. And um, shortly after that, they opened the dumpster and asked me to come over and, you know, see if these were Joshua's things. And they were, it was his shoes and his backpack and all the stuff that had come out of, you know, his truck. And uh, so we stood there in that parking lot for hours. You know, I was w- wondering if Josh was in there. And uh, finally they sent us home and they took his, um, his truck as you know as evidence and made it a crime scene and then sent us home to wait and uh that morning about three in the morning they came back and said they had a suspect in custody and that they wanted us we're going to look for him all the next day so we spent the next day whole day looking for him and finally he gave up where he had put joshua's body and um told where it was and so they found him um he was brought here from belize by his parents when he was 10 and we found out at trial that, um, you know, he just overstayed, I guess, his visa. But when we finally, two years to bring him to trial, first he was incompetent, so we had to send him away and force medicine on him. And then we brought him back, jury trial, he's competent. Um, and then we went straight to the criminal trial. And at that point, the the um, killer got on the stand and told us exactly how he murdered Josh. And he said, you know, I um, I first kneed him so hard in the stomach, and when he did it, it sliced Joshua's spleen. And next, he took a closet rod and beat him in the head with it until the rod broke in four pieces. And he told us that Josh kept trying to get up off the ground, and uh, and he didn't want him to. So he strangled him, and he said, you know, bloody bubbles were coming out of his nose. And, you know, as a mother, you sit there and you hear that, and you think, you know, he's struggling to breathe and grasping. And then he strangled him over and over um, until death, and then he tied him up with 13 loops of rope around his neck and to his hands and feet bound behind his back, and he put him in our truck, and he drove around town and bought um, $2 worth of gasoline, and then he set him in a field, and he put his ID and wallet, you know, 
eight or ten feet away from the body, I guess wanting someone to know who he was, and then he set him on fire after death. I I um I I uh, I'm sorry, uh, Laura. I I can't imagine. Um, I I just uh, my daughter went into the hospital. I have one daughter today in the hospital for um, looking at brain surgery, and I have another daughter who was in in, in uh, the hospital for something else this weekend. And I I I can't imagine losing my children natural causes um yes uh, i just I, I i don't know how you i don't know how you um uh, deal with it um now um you lived in houston uh for a while and um this was a guy he was kind of a dreamer wasn't he i mean he would have fallen he under the dream act description i believe so yeah he fit that dream kid description because he was brought here i think under the age of 16 is what i'm thinking it was mm-hmm. and um and then just you know he was brought here young and then overstayed i guess what maybe he had a six months visa you know it's hard to find out for me to find out anything about <laughs> him uh whereas if you're an american citizen in about 10 minutes you're gonna know everything about you know you or yeah. i that's another part of the problem you know but that's as far as I know. Yes, he was brought here by his parents uh, when he was 10 and then overstayed. Um, so, you know, when when the um, police first went to his parents' home and said, you know, your son has, has killed, you know, this boy. And his father said, well, I have a ticket to Belize that I've had for three weeks and I'm, I'm using it, you know. Um, he did not end up using that, but that was, you know, it wasn't about... Um, you know, what What kid? What are you talking about? How could my kid ever, you know, it was none of that. It was, I have a ticket that I've had for three weeks and I'm going, I'm going to use it. For his son or for him? For him. Oh yeah, my gosh. For him. And he just didn't. So that was his response. Oh rather my than, gosh. What are you talking about? My kid killed somebody. You know, what? It, it's just a response that I thought said everything it needed to say about, about him, you know, his parents even. So Laura, don't talk to the politicians. So I don't care about the politicians, and 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 um, j- just talk to uh, a mom or a dad right now. I I assume that you don't hate all immigrants, and you don't hate uh, you know Hispanics or anything else. Um, talk to a parent on why the conversation that we're having right now is so important. And I mean, as a country and why a, a border fence, a border wall is imperative. Yes, it is imperative. You know, you, and I can't explain really, there's not, not words to even explain to you the depth of the pain when something like this happens, when you lose a child in any, anything, but then you add the trauma and the violence, and the knowledge that he shouldn't have been in this country in the first place. And you're absolutely, you die that day. You know, I died that day to who I was. And you have to, it was as down too much as learning to breathe again and crawl again and walk again and stand up again. And it, it's a rebuilding of our lives that will take forever um, to do. And the pain, it's just, it's just a soul pain that it, it goes so deep you can't hardly even describe it um and and we've got to have 
you know, it's imperative to have the border because we have a right as American citizens to know who's in this country with and, us. And, and he didn't, he, did he come across the border illegally? Did he, did he make that trek across the border? Do if you I'm even know? Mistaken, his parents had a six month visa for him. Okay. And, oh, and, they, and it overstated. His right. So it's, it's, before he was. it's not, and, and this is, I think, really important to point out. This isn't just about a border wall or a border fence. This is about fixing this problem, knowing who is here. We've known that people are overstaying their visa since 9-11. That was the biggest problem. We haven't fixed that even. Doesn't seem like anybody cares about, and I don't mean to, because you know this isn't true, but it feels like no one cares about people like you. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, and I do know it's not true. I mean, that's the only way I've made it through is that, you know, God has assured me that, you know, of where Josh is today and and that he will get me through this. And, and that's the that's the, um, you know, the security that I have. But you're right. We have a right. No, I mean, I can't fly to Austin from Houston to Austin without a driver's license. And, you know, what it took to get that and what you have to maintain, you know, you don't have you can't have a thousand tickets and have a driver's license and you know, you work to just follow the law. That's what you do as an American citizen. You do it or you don't get the privileges to drive, to fly, to, you know, those things. And I just don't understand why they would want to give it away in even leniency on those things to people that have already committed the crime of coming in this country or overstaying a visa. Have you have you talked to President Trump? I have. have yes, you- I've talked to him on... Have yeah. you have you talked to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer? Have they ever talked to you? I was able to tell my story to Nancy Pelosi once in con- but in but in a hearing. No, it was a town hall, and I happened to be in the audience. And her yeah. response to me was that she was sorry, and um, that thanks for channeling my energy, but that everyone in her sanctuary city was a law-abiding citizen. That was her answer to me. <sighs> but no. <laughs> Yeah, they don't want, they know, they know. I mean, they absolutely know what's happened and what's happening, but they, they just don't want you to, to think they know. You know, they, they want to seem oblivious to it, but everybody knows. I mean, so many more people have died than in 9-11, you know, from, from illegals in this country that it's, um, it's mind-boggling that, that that's so easily forgotten how just a couple, you know, nine of them that got in and, and stayed a while and, and you know, hated America. I, I, to do I, that. I, I, uh, I, I tell you, uh, um, I mean, I, I don't have anything like this in my life, um, but I have done enough homework and, and I scream at the television uh, at people on both sides. And I, I can't imagine it being as personal as it is for you. Um, and and how you just don't understand when this is all just common sense. All of this is common sense. It's absolutely common sense. I, I, I just think, you know, you can't hardly get it across what it does to American families. You know, um, they're broken in so many ways, you know, yeah. of our own making, divorce and stuff. And this right here just devastates a family. You're, you know, you're, it, it's absolutely the most devastating thing that I could ever imagine and being, you know, able to live if there's anything, this greater pain, you know, I, I don't think I'd live through it. You know, I can't imagine what, what's worse. How's George, your husband? He's doing well. You know, we're all learning to put life back together, and that comes with a lot of um, aggravation and overwhelmed, and you can't really do the, 
job that you used to do. And, you know, it's just a mix of all of it. And uh, you never know what you're going to get when you wake up, if it's going to be kind of an angry day or a sad day. And you just have to learn to live it. I, uh, I'm going to get yelled at by my producers who are always telling me I'm out of time. But um, can I just take a minute with you and just ask you this? Tell me who your son was. Josh was just a really, really quiet, good kid. He'd never been in trouble you know, he was learning what he wanted to do to life. He thought he might go in the Air Force like his brother. And he just was a good kid. He was very compassionate. You know, he died doing exactly what we taught him to do. We, I would never have told him not to, to give somebody a ride home. You know, he, he was the most compassionate, quiet kid. But he, he really had a, a close relationship with, with Jesus. You know, sometimes he would say things to me and I would just go, Ooh, you know, I knew that came from, from Jesus to him and, mm. and not from me. And he really, really was just a good kid. Uh, he, you know, very quiet. I think that's why people in this community were just so alarmed about it, because he, he didn't have an enemy that I can think of. Um, he just didn't. Laura, thank you. Sorry to put you through that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. God bless. Laura Wilkerson, uh, an angel mom. And uh, you can visit the website, Enforce the Law. Dot org. You want to know why we the government is closed? Because it's time we listen to people like that. Twenty nineteen. Um, a lot of things are uh, a lot of things are happening. Um, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, not where we thought it would be in. Uh, you know, definitely not in twenty seventeen uh, or twenty eighteen. Uh, it's very volatile. And what's amazing about it is it's, I think it's the confidence level that people have. They were, you know, burned by, and they're like, Whoa, that, that went kind of crazy. Well, yeah, that it's volatile. It's that's what that does, but it hasn't crashed and gone away. That's what's really amazing. Pets.com went away. This is real. So what happens to Bitcoin? What happens to blockchain? Well, I want you to take a course on cryptocurrency and blockchain. That way you know what it is and why it's going to change the world in privacy and everything else. SmartCryptoCourse.com. Take this now, SmartCryptoCourse.com. We asked Tika Tawari to, uh, to actually design this just for you. So please take it, become a, uh, an informed individual on what this is. Whether you invest in it or not is up to you, um, but... You have to know what this is because the world is changing. Call go uh, call eight seven seven PBL Beck. That's eight seven seven PBL Beck. You can get more information, or you can just go to smartcryptocourse.com. dot com. I want to play uh, audio from CNN, uh, a CNN correspondent interviewing uh, David Webb, a conservative uh, about race. Listen. I never considered my color the issue. I considered my qualifications the issue. Well, David, you know, that that's a whole nother long conversation about white privilege and things that you uh, have the privilege of doing that people of color don't have the privilege of. How do and I have the privilege your- of white privilege? David, by virtue of being a white male, you have white privilege. This whole long conversation, I don't have time to get uh, Ariva, I hate to break it to I you, to but you should have been better prepped. I'm black. Okay, then I stand. See, you went to white privilege. This is the falsehood in this. 
That's, that's an amazing clip. It is. Uh, you can't even have a conversation without race. And as soon as race is introduced and you're wrong, uh, it's white privilege. Yeah, right. I gotta right. go. I I don't. I mean, it's it's truly remarkable. Truly remarkable. You're listening to Glenn Beck.